You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. (laughs) If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications, and leave a comment below. It, It can be literally anything like... I love the show or comment, just anything like that. The likes, the comments, all that boosts us in the algorithm. If you're listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually type out why you like the show. All that kind of stuff helps boost us in the algorithm, gets us in front of more men. All right, guys, this week I have an interesting guest. You might know her. She goes by... Empress Collective on TikTok. Uh, Her name is Alexi Turner, and she's a spiritual and feminine development coach. And uh, she's an all-around interesting interesting person. She's really into archetypes and explaining uh, the different type of archetypes that are out there. Um, If you have never heard of that, stay tuned. It's pretty fascinating. She goes into it. And I will bring you that conversation right after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me this week is a spiritual and feminine development coach, vintage connoisseur, singer, (laughs) and author. It's Alexi Turner, but you may know her better as Empress Collective on TikTok. What's going on, Alexi? (laughs) Hi, how are you? So nice to be here with you. Yeah, nice to virtually meet you, really. I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've been following you for a while, so yeah, it's good. nice to finally have dialogue with you. Yeah, and you, you haven't been offended, so that's good. <laughs> so you're like, well, maybe it may be a little offended, but I, not. I don't think I've found anything yet I've been offended by. Oh, man. Not enough to remember, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's good. So you're a singer. Yeah. Okay. Sing something for me right now. No, no, don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Yes, I, I had a I had another guest on last year sometime, uh, and I was reviewing his book. And in his book, he talked about 
uh, freestyle rapping and how mm. he learned how to freestyle rap and it helped him be better around people and be more sociable because he could think of things off the cuff. And so I was like, okay, cool. Well, freestyle rap something for me. He wouldn't do it either. So <laughs> <laughs> my voice coach used to say that it was <clears throat> so disrespectful for people to ask people to sing on the spot, you know, but people don't, people don't understand that. And if somebody is like, um, a singer who sings every day, then sure they can sing on the spot, but I don't really sing professionally every day anymore. So I, I'd have to warm up first and then, you know, okay. <laughs> give okay. you some tunes. But, excuses, yeah. excuse. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is an excuse, but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. What's a vintage connoisseur? So I uh, collect vintage clothes and resell it. And I also work with uh, clientele to find them one of a kind pieces. Um, and I used to work with high-end jewelry. So like Edwardian jewelry, Victorian jewelry, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, yeah. So what, I mean, what's considered vintage? I'm, I, I wear a t-shirt and jeans most of the time. So clearly I know nothing about fashion. Yeah. What's, so I mean, it's vintage. Yeah. Yeah. You can find like vintage stores that sell like, you know, t-shirts from the eighties and it's considered oh, vintage. Okay. Yeah. You can find jewelry. Sorry. They're doing trash can outside or something. It's really loud. Um, you can find jewelry from the early 1900s or late um, 1800s. That's vintage. Um, even vintage. I know a guy that's really successful. He sells vintage kitchenware like um, the old cast iron skillets, those are worth a lot of money. So he goes to these estate sales and we go to state sales around Los Angeles and we find unique pieces and either resell them, mm. um, put them in our booth at a vintage mall, or I have like certain clients and customers I work with. Yeah. You know, speaking of the cast iron, my mom went on this, like, I don't know, she went through this phase when I was a teenager where she had to have cast iron and she was going around and buying them up like at, at all these, you know, yard sales and stuff like that. And she's like, Oh, they're, they don't even make these anymore. They, you know, and I, I, the other day I was at Walmart, they have them there. They have, they have cast iron. They're like, what are you yeah. talking about, mom? They yeah, still make but, them. <laughs> but they're made differently are now. They? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you know how it goes. Like when you find something, I mean, even old, old world clothes are made differently. They're made better. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have vintage dresses that have held up way stronger than, you know, modern made garments. Uh, they use different fabrics and different, uh, ways of sewing. So, um, yeah, they're just made differently. Everything I feel like in the past was made a little bit better than mm-hmm. it is today. Yeah, you know, it's it- kind of like Japan. If you go to Japan, they have all of their stuff they make is, you know, handmade with great, detail precision like you know hard work and it's expensive to buy and to live over there to buy their stuff because they kind of do things how we used to do things before we globalized everything yeah yeah now everything's disposable and it's yeah. it's just more everything's designed to be thrown out and replaced and you buy more yeah <laughs> instead of just buying something and keeping it forever like my parents have a uh, an old fridge from the 1970s still trucking along you know but yeah. modern day fridges last like two years and you got to get a new one yeah they they design it so you have to rebuy you know i had my macbook that broke and i brought it in and they were like oh this is over two years old we don't 
we don't make pieces for laptops that old. I'm like, what do you mean that old? You know, they're like, well, we update it every year. So you buy every year. I'm like, who can buy a new computer every year? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I, uh, my day job, I actually work in the IT industry. There is a thing called Moore's law though, you know, like that, you know, the, 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 the speed of a processor is grows exponentially and it, that's all nerd shit. Hey, um, anyway, <laughs> can, you, can you explain what a spiritual and feminine development coach does exactly? Yeah. So I've been doing spiritual work with people for about 10 years. Uh, people come to me with all kinds of stuff, trauma, relationship patterns, addictions, um, relationship problems, right? Patterns. We have patterns that we kind of, uh, you know, we're programmed between the ages of zero to seven. So, you know, depending on the kind of environment you grew up in, you uh, take on your parents' mannerisms, their ideas, their beliefs, you observe how they respond and react to things. And, you know, if you grew up in a really traumatic uh, household or like a really aggressive household, right, you can either become you become traumatized in different ways. You know, some people become traumatized and they become aggressive like their parents or they become um, pushover doormats because they don't like drama because they saw a lot of it in their house. So then they grow up and try to have, you know, relationships and they don't have the tools to build a relationship because of how they were raised. Mm -hmm. Right. So I help people with that, with healing. Uh, we do different techniques for healing, for rewiring the brain, our belief systems, um, and then I help women with their femininity. So a lot of women will come to me like really wounded. You know, they were raised by aggressive mothers who taught them to hate men or they had sexual abuse. So they, uh, you know, can't have intimacy with men or um, they may have seen their mom go through something traumatic with a guy and they internalize it. You know, I had a client who saw her mom get raped, for example, by a man. So she grew up, you know, um, wanting to dominate men or, you know, being really, you know, like this with men, right. And she ended up developing an illness and her illness prevented her from being able to actually be intimate. So she was so traumatized emotionally that her body reacted in a way where she would reject like she couldn't even have sex. Right. So that's, we are so impacted, um, by these, you know, things. And as you probably know, women have kind of lost their femininity. So then they get older and they get cheated on, or they, uh, just have a lot of string of bad relationships where they try to control or dominate men and, you know, the relationships fail and they wonder why it's like, you're, you know, not supposed to behave like that with a man. Right. So, you know, we're not taught as women how to deal with men or, you know, what men are like or how to treat them even, you know, we're just told to never depend on one. My mom just was always like, never depend on a man, you know, but my dad like spoiled me. So I was like, kind of confused. <laughs> I'm like, but when I ask you for things, you always tell me to go ask dad. So I don't understand why you're telling me not to depend on a man, you know? <laughs> so a lot of us were taught to like hate guys. So then we detach from our femininity and then, um, you know, and then women grow up and they're single and they, want a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, that's one thing that I'm having a hard time uh, wrapping my, my brain around, right? Because I, I study a lot of this red pill stuff, right? And I feel like uh, it, it gets a bad rap. You know, uh, a lot of people 
look at it and they just think it's all about hating women. And it's absolutely not in, in content that has red pill or they they're branded. They've branded as red pill and they're just bashing women. That's not what really red pill is, but there's this, there's a concept of, um, you know, men and, and women in traditional roles tend to do better, right? Men being taking the lead, being the masculine in the relationship and women being submissive and feminine in the relationship, like those relationships just tend to last longer. And so it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, my daughter, I kind of want her to not have to depend on men, you know, because mm-hmm. her mom is so dependent on men that mm-hmm. it's, it, it become that becomes an issue. I think at some point too, you know, where, where women get into relationships not because they want those relationships, but because they need them to survive. You know? Yeah. It's like a codependency or like you're, you're just, uh, you're settling or something because, you know, you're, you're looking for the effect of the relationship, which is like the money, the external things, which does not hold a relationship together. You can't, you can't sustain a relationship with somebody if it's only for what you're getting out of it monetarily. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been told to find a man who can like do for you and provide for you. And you learn to love him over time. It doesn't really work that way. Yeah. No, you know, <laughs> no, I don't think so it's it good. Yeah. It's good to develop life skills. It's good to develop ways to become independent, you know, living in New York city. I lived in New York for 13 years I went to fashion school and most of the jobs in fashion, they start you off at $28,000 a year. What are you going to do with that? Right. So yeah, not in New work. York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd have to work multiple jobs. I'd have to, you know, find other ways to make income. So I developed a lot of skills. So I know if, you know, me and my partner break up or whatever, I know I'm always, I can always make money, you know, do I have to make money every day if he's providing for me? No. But if we, separated, I know that I have what it takes to be independent because I've been independent before. Whereas, you know, women who kind of go into college wanting to get married, never work and never develop skills. And then, and then what you wake up at 30, if your husband leaves you and you've never worked and you don't have a degree and you don't have any skills, what are you going to do? You know? And Mm -hmm. I believe in prenups. I'm definitely an advocate for prenups and, um, I think that, you know, there are ways to kind of protect yourself as a woman if you do relinquish working to raise a family, but I think it's still good to have a life outside of your family and husband. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't put all of your energy and your emotion and your happiness on a man because that's a huge burden for him to carry or your children because it's a huge burden to carry, right? You have to find ways to make yourself happy. Yeah. I think that's important for men too. And I was, I, I think that was probably one of the reasons why like my marriage didn't work out, honestly, is, uh, I had zero friends outside of my marriage. Like I would go to work and I'd go home and that was my life. You know, I didn't, I didn't have friends outside. I didn't have bowling night with the boys or anything like that. So, you know, my, my wife, like, she was the only person I could depend on for anything. And I think that's just a, that that's not a good spot for men to be in. (laughs) Yeah. Or yeah. Or women too. Right. A lot of women will get into relationships and they'll put, 
you know, women are chit chatters, you know, we like to chit chat about stuff. And then she'll start talking to her husband about her girl drama, her work drama, her this or that. And he's busy or he has things going on. He can't listen to you talk. You know, I have a Mm -hmm. friend who like her boyfriend treats her like a queen and she complains to me that she'll call him in the middle of a work day and try to have like long-winded conversations with him. I'm like, girl, he's working. Like mm-hmm. she's like, but like why can't he just talk to me? And I'm like, because he's working. Like <laughs> he's you, can't just, job why, yeah. you can't just call him in the middle of the day and expect him to have a conversation like your girlfriend would. If you want to chit chat about like mindless drama, call your friend, you know, call me, whatever, you know, but don't don't expect him to be available for every single one of your needs. You know, I think that there's like different pockets of life where you can kind of compartmentalize, you know, like my friends fill a void or whatever. They feel this need for me. My husband feels this need for me. My work, it feels this one. So then like you mentioned, you don't put all of it onto one person. Yeah. 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 That's, that's just a bad spot to get into. And for guys to, (laughs) if guys let their women do that, you know, that call them during the day and just, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me all about it they end up, they end up, uh, becoming her emotional tampon. You know, I, I say that's kind of derogatory, but that's, that's what he ends up being. And, and they stop being lovers. And now he's just, you know, your girlfriend, nice. Yeah. Nice girlfriend. And, and she doesn't eventually will lose attraction because she doesn't want to date another woman. You know, it's like, well, it depends, you know, it depends on the woman, you know, she's that this woman is a queen archetype. Her ex-husband was, very strong military man, uh, very dominant. All of her exes were very dominant men. She's a dominant woman, never really worked out. And her, her boyfriend now actually went to high school with him. Nice guy, really sweet, nice guy. You know, she needs that because she's more of a dominant person mm-hmm. herself, more masculine. She's got a lot of masculine energy. So she needs that sensitive tampon. <laughs> tampon yeah. You know, to, to have that, her- to have that polarity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I do want to talk about these archetypes here in a little bit because I know nothing about them, but um, how did you become a coach and did you have to go to school for that? (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess you could go to school for it. I didn't go to school for it. Um, I've been doing coaching. I just kind of fell into it, to be honest. Um, Almost 10 years ago, I've been working with clients. I um, this might sound kind of weird, but I have prophetic dreams. I, I have psychic ability. Um, I've had since I was a kid and it's just something that I didn't really advertise, but I would have like dreams about people, friends, and I would tell them what would happen and then it would come true. And then one of my friends like almost died and I had a dream about it a month before it happened. And I told her what happened in the dream, like how she survived. And then when it happened in real life, like she knew what to do and you know, she called me from the hospital and was like, all I could think about was the dream you had. So um, I started um, studying Buddhism, practicing Buddhism. I pretty much like spent all my time at a Buddhist center for like many, many years. I was a young women's leader. And um, I just started doing spiritual work with people and healing work. And I was on YouTube originally. And um, it just kind of became like, I believe we have different purposes in life. And I think we have one purpose that is a dutiful purpose where we give back to humanity in some way. Some people do it through money. Some people do it through doing charity work. I feel like my gift is helping people, um, through my spiritual awareness. So, 
um, yeah, I just kind of fell into it, um, kind of just by accident. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like to ask coach coaches that cause there's always, uh, it's, it's almost like a running joke. You know, I see, I see, uh, uh, occasionally on TikTok certified dating coaches, you know, oh, yeah. and, uh, I've had tons of dating coaches and, and other kinds of life coaches and stuff on. And uh, there's only been one that, that actually is cert, was certified and he went through some kind of like course and stuff. And so I just think that's a, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think you can get certified. I've never really uh, like people, sometimes people get mad at me. I'll do live streams. And one guy came on my live stream and he was like, where's your, therapy license or like, where's your college degree in psychology or whatever. And I'm like, I've studied so much. Like I'm a reader. I'm a, like, I'm a brain person. I'm a thinker. So I read a ton. Like I've gone to so many healing workshops. Like I've done, I've done the work of somebody who's has a master's degree in my opinion, just because I didn't pay a hundred thousand dollars to have the knowledge I have doesn't mean I'm not credible. But I think that like, you know, for me, it's like my clients all have success. So for me, the proof is in the pudding. I don't need a degree. I already, you know, people have results. That's all for me. That's all that matters. If I did this work and none of my clients had results, I wouldn't do it because then I'd feel like a phony and I wouldn't feel right taking your money. Right. It's a responsibility when people come to you with their life problems. Like, you know, like it's a responsibility you have. I have a, a woman I'm working with now for a three month program. She spent a lot of money. She's a college student with me to help her in her life, you know, and since she's been working with me for less than a month, she got her uh, dream job offer at JP Morgan. She got 25000 more than what they had offered her. She asked for, they accepted. Um, She's had, you know, a healing experience with her. She's had a lot of different things. I've worked with couples. I've worked with men. I worked with one couple who they'd been married for 17 years and he did three sessions with me. He signed up for a three month course with me, but he did three sessions. And within those three sessions, he had such monumental change. He said his business had changed. His money started growing bigger. Um, his wife started to shift and his wife actually showed up on one of my live streams a few days ago, thanking me. She said, you've, your work has changed my life, my husband's life. Our relationship has never been better. So if I didn't have these kinds of results, I wouldn't do what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a, and and you had also, um, had somebody come to me, reach out to me, referred someone. And she had said that she'd been in therapy for 20 years and no one has psychoanalyzed her in the way that I did. And I pulled out the root of her problem that she'd never been able to see before. So, um, I know you'd mentioned to me that you don't really do coaching. It is stressful, you know, because people, you realize that people have a lot of trauma. You think you have trauma. Then you hear other stories and you're like, damn, I really don't have it that bad. I I never realized how bad some people have it until I started podcasting uh, about yeah. this stuff. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I have guys that come out of the woodwork, you know, they'll, they'll hit me up uh, on, and they probably do the same thing to you. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm just a podcast host, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had some guy that reached out with this really crazy story. He wrote me a novel of what was, I'm like, I don't really even have time to read this. It was such a crazy story. I didn't even know what to tell him, you know? So it's difficult sometimes because you want to help people, but at the same time, like I'm not God, 
You know, some mm-hmm. people call me and they'll be like, when is such and such going to call me? Or like, can you like spiritually tap into this? And I'm like, I- I'm not God. Like, it's not I magic. Can't. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's it. it, it it's, it's heartbreaking, too, because I do want to help people out. You know, sometimes they'll ask me a question. I'm like, yeah, I'll try my best. And I'm like, well, this is what I think. Uh, but if it if it's sometimes I get people that just want to call they're like, hey, can I call you sometime and just no, man, like I got stuff to do. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I've had people too. They'll email me and they'll be like, I wanted to talk to you about my marriage. I have I have some advice for you on, on how to make a marriage work or something. Call me. Here's my number. Or like, you know, I'd love to talk to you about me and my wife and our relationship. And, you know, here's my number. Call me when you get a chance. I'm like, I'm not just going to like pick up the phone and be like, hey, Jim. You know, yeah, I yeah. got your email. Like, <laughs> you I want to know your story with yeah. me. Like, <laughs> you want to talk to me? You can book a session, but I'm not just gonna like. I don't have all the free time to just like call whoever emails me. You know. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it. There's some uh, some interesting people out there. I I just I just interviewed a uh, a guy in the red pill space. His name is Ryan Stone. He right before we recorded, he's like, dude, I gotta know what's your story? Because you just seem like a normal guy and like everyone else in this space is like, you know, on the spectrum. (laughs) I am just a normal guy. I don't know, man. So it's, it it takes all kinds, I guess. So, Oh, I do want to ask though. So when it talks, when you talk about spirituality, like, are you a law of attraction person? I believe it's, I believe in it. I don't like do videos on it that much, but I believe if we think about things enough, I mean, I've manifested things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about that. Cause you you did a video the other day on how you manifested meeting some. Oh yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've manifested a lot of things. I manifested my job with Lady Gaga, manifested my partner, I manifested money. I wanted 30 grand one month. I made it happen. I got it, you know, but there's like so much that goes into life in my opinion that, you know, the law of attraction is like one thing, but you also have, there's other laws that work. And I do believe, actually do believe in God that like, sometimes I think it's a 50, 50, I think it's 50% like what we do and the actions we take and what we wish for. And I think 50% is divinely orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of videos on like attracting in a specific person and attracting in a man to love you. And, um, I don't like to have that much control or feel like I have that much control over a person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that works. I, I, I study it quite a bit and I do episodes about it. Uh, but I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, uh, Bob Proctor, who just oh, passed like away. Yeah, he just passed away recently. But uh, one of the things that he talks about is like you can't with you know with the law of attraction, you can't compel someone else to do something that they don't want to do because everybody has free will. Mm-hmm. You know, so trying to attract a specific person by you know willing it to the universe like just doesn't work unless they're on the same wavelength, you know. Yeah, like so I had a client the other day who did half of my workshop and she'd been dating a guy and after she did some of the exercises and tips and techniques like spiritual exercises and stuff, um being more magnetic, etc. You know, her the guy she was dating showed up to her house with her favorite flowers, which were white orchids, and he didn't even know those were her favorite flowers. And so that's kind of a manifestation of like she's creating more self-love within and now her partner's kind of showing up mirroring that. Right. But the specific guy that I had manifested, um, you know, when we met, he was, 
it's very different than I thought he would be. Um, and I don't think we were really that compatible. I could have visualized or whatever again, but like, I'm not going to try to mold somebody to be my perfect man. Right. And I had a situation where I had gone through a traumatic breakup with a guy. Um, and I tried manifesting back, manifesting him back for a while. And I would end up manifesting, like seeing his friend in the middle of nowhere or like weird things like that. But then at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, this guy has so many like fatal flaws that why do I want to even be with somebody like that anyway? And when I finally like relinquished the idea of manifesting him as like showing up as the person I wanted, Mm -hmm. um, I, ended up going in within and saying, you know what, this is actually what I want. A guy who's like this, this, and this, I don't care who it is. I prayed to God that I wanted to meet a guy who shared my heart. I wanted a guy who had the same heart as me, who's compassionate, loving, empathetic, spiritual. And about a week or two later, I met my partner and he was everything. I actually found the list yesterday. I was going through my storage unit. I had some stuff in storage and I found some papers and I found the paper I wrote the qualities of a person I wanted and he possesses every single one of them. Now Mm. I didn't like find him and say, that's the guy, but I just prayed for somebody who embodied that versus trying to make someone embody that for me. And to me, that's much more freeing and empowering than trying to change someone. You can't get into a relationship with somebody to change them. You know, we hear this a lot that men marry women, hoping they'll never change. Whereas women marry men, hoping that they will change. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, the, the idea of writing a list, uh, that's a really big concept that um, a lot of guys that listen to the podcast are, are Corey Wayne fans and Corey, Corey Wayne writes that in his books. Um, you have to write a list of wants and don't wants and like focus mm-hmm. on the on the things that you do want. And uh, Dr. Robert Glover talks about that as well. And I, I did that myself when I was on the dating circuit, you know, and it it really focuses you in on the right people. Mm hmm. Uh, and just, I think it's like, it's a part of, I call it, it's, it's part of law of attraction, but really it's just subconsciously keeping yourself aware of these qualities and not ignoring red flags and stuff. Yeah. 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 I have a friend who, you know, when she got out of a relationship, she got sober, she started changing her lifestyle and was like, I want to be with somebody who's the same. And then she ended up choosing a guy who's like an addict and like all kinds of things. And I was like, girl, you went against your standards. Like you, you have to have a standard a non-negotiable. Your non-negotiable should be nobody who does drugs. Like you're sober. You want somebody who matches your lifestyle. Right. And she didn't stick to her standards and now she's paying the price for it because it's a toxic relationship. You know, she's repeating a pattern. So this is what I work on with people is changing the patterns. Why do you choose these men? You know, this girl in particular chooses, I swear in a past life, she was like a gangster's wife. She loves like this kind of dangerousness that some men have. So she'll choose men that have a sense of like thrill to them, but not a safe thrill, like a dangerous one, womanizers or men who, you know, might not do things the legal way. Right. And she's not that way. So, you know, we kind of had to go into, well, why are you like this? Like, where does this come from? They're you edgy. Know? They're bad boys. They're, yeah. She they're likes bad the bad boys. And I, but like bad boys, not just like, yeah. kind of bad, but like, those guys are exciting. They're sexy. All the way around. I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. The nice guys that. are boring. Yeah. Everybody knows that. 
yeah, but this guy is, it's not that he's exciting. He, he like, well, he's a different archetype. He's a manager archetype. He's very romantic with her. He rubs her feet. He loves her. He dotes on her, but he's a womanizer. You know, mm. he dotes on all women like that. You know, he, he can't be faithful. He told her that from the beginning and she still dove in thinking that she could, you know, change him. Change him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad, my dad told me when I was a kid, he's like, you know what? You need to pick up a bad habit, like smoking or something like that, because women are going to want to change you. And that's how you get women and stuff. That, that's the kind of stuff my dad. That's me. funny that, you know, that may work. It's not wrong. He's not wrong. So, <laughs> So speaking of, of archetypes, you, you make a, a lot of videos about archetypes. Uh, there's four archetypes for women. Is that correct? Four for women and four for men. There's technically, if you look at Carl Jung's work, there's technically 12, but um, women are kind of a blend of two. And then uh, men, there's four for men. And it just makes things more simplified for me and for everybody to kind of go off the, the basis of the so, four. So, so these come from Carl Jung? Them. Yeah. And there's actually a guy who wrote a book. I forget the author's name, but it's called King Warrior Lover Magician. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the four archetypes of men. And it's like rediscovering your masculinity or something. Um, somebody had commented that book on my page. Okay. Lot, was it so. King Warrior? King Warrior uh, Lover Magician, I think. Lover what Magician. It's, those, are the, what those are the four for men. That's what this guy refers them to. They kind of have different names, what, what but call um, I call them ruler, uh, entrepreneur, trader, manager, same thing. And um, creator, creator, manager, entrepreneur, ruler. Okay. And what are yeah. the four for women? Girl, lover, queen, mother. Girl, lover, queen, mother. Okay. So can you give us a, a, a brief rundown of, of what, those all mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for women is kind of the continuation of like womanhood, right? We start off as girls and then we kind of, we hit puberty. We have our like sexual liberation moment. Some women do, some women don't, some women are traumatized from theirs. And, you know, it depends on, um, sorry, somebody just uh, sent me something. Um, so yeah. Then you have your connection to your sexuality. Some women never, develop that at all you have your queen energy which develops in your like late 20s to um please stand by we are having technical difficulties okay so the queen energy is a woman who you know in her late 20s to early 30s um it's when a woman really wants her independence when she um goes off to follow a mission, a goal, something like that. Um, she develops her confidence. She believes that she deserves, you know, great things in life or she goes to college and, you know, she kind of works up the ladder. Right. And then you have the mother energy and she develops late thirties, early forties, but some women are natural queen mothers, right. Or they're natural girl lovers and they don't really develop the other two archetypes. Um, Cause women are strong in two energies and then, kind of like your karmic lesson is to develop the other two with the men it's different because women are fluid. We're changeable. You know, we have cycles every month we give birth, our bodies change. Um, You're like the weather. Yeah. You know, we're, <laughs> I say we're like water. We can flow with life. We're supposed to flow with life at least. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we will fight against the current. 
Um, but yeah, so with men, they're strong, like men are like strong, like trees, you know, like rooted into the earth and, um, they're strong in their, you know, in their bodies. Women are flexible. Men aren't as flexible in their bodies. So men are pretty strong at one archetype mm-hmm. and women have more. So, you know, two, um, or they can develop more than two, but, um, but yeah, our men can kind of, I've seen some men that can develop traits of two, but they're usually one. And then if you can determine the archetype you are, it will really help in choosing the right mate. Because a lot of times we choose the wrong mate. I chose the wrong guys for a long time until I discovered this work and realized who I was. And then I matched my counterpart who was the better fit for me. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, I mean, are, are there, are there archetypes that are better than others? Like, oh man, I I'm a magician. This sucks. Like, or that's not how well, that they all have their good well, qualities. Yeah. Yeah. They all have good and bad qualities. Right. Okay. Um, and we all have shadow qualities too. So like the queen archetype, uh, she can be a woman who's confident, successful. She's vibrant. She's great to be around. She can uh, delegate well, run a business well, but the shadow of her, her negative trait, if she is operating out of her negativity, is the Amazon woman, which we see a lot, the woman who attacks men. The queen protects herself. The Amazon attacks others. So she'd be a woman who like hates men, thinks the patriarchy needs to burn. You know, she hates women, hates, you know, feminine women or hates stay-at-home moms, you know, this kind of woman. Um, I think she's better than everybody, right? So that would be the shadow of the queen. Whereas the girl energy is very open and uh, loving, creative. She's a bit naive. She's easy to be around. She's happy. But in her shadow, she's connected to our fears. So the girl is brave. She'll go out there and face her fears. But her shadow, you know, like Alice in Wonderland, right? She had to slay the Jabberwocky. Uh, she faced her fear, but in the shadow, the girl will stay in her fears. So she won't get out of the house. She won't challenge herself. She will depend on men too much. She will depend on her parents. She won't leave the house. I have a client who is a girl, like she hasn't even developed the others. She's just a girl archetype and she still lives with her parents at, in her mid twenties. And I asked her to show me her dating profile. And she was like an innocent girl, her energy, the way she dressed, how she carried herself, you know? So, um, but she hasn't been able to leave the nest. So she's operating in her shadow. So, you know, because of that, she's never had a boyfriend. So, you know, you can be, you know, girl energy. A lot of queens want to be girls because the girl energy attracts the alpha guys. And, you know, women, I think we're kind of wired to want that in a man. Um, And queen women don't really attract the alphas. They attract the, I guess you could say the beta. I know people don't like it when you use that term, but the more softer. I've I've learned that you're only supposed to use alpha and beta ironically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just a placeholder term, guys. Jesus. Leave it. It's just an easy way to express what you're trying to say, right? So the more really feminine, is. sensitive, uh, not so, I guess, strong men, uh, they go best with the queen women, you know? So I've seen those relationships work out quite well. But then a lot of times the queen wants a man to dominate her and she'll leave that guy or cheat on him with a stronger male, right? But the stronger males don't want the strong queens because it's too, too much. much. Too much, too much. Yeah. Too much work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big problem. Uh, I feel like that modern feminism has sort of 
pushed on women, right? Is uh, you're all you're all bad bitches. You all deserve the best. You all don't need a man now. And so women are like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to be a CEO of a company. I'm going to be a, a, a lawyer. And, and then they get in these top tier positions and then they are unhappy because, okay, like, because women traditionally, I mean, like evolutionarily, evolutionarily speaking, they like to date up, right? And so yeah. you, when you're the, when you're the top dog, well, who's up from that? Like very yeah. little, not, not that many people are, you know, they're, they're going to be at your level or, you know, above you're, you're, you have very slim pickings at that point. And the guys that are at that level don't want a boss fish. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they want someone who's submissive. That's easygoing. That makes their life easier, not harder. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. They want peace. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the girl offers to the ruler, the ruler archetype. Yeah. And, and women will come to me and they're like, well, I'm a queen and I want a ruler. And I'm like, but it's not your natural counterpart. And sometimes I'll meet with women who are married to more beta males wanting rulers. But then I'm like, you're a ruler yourself as a woman. You wouldn't like being with a ruler. You wouldn't enjoy that. And then she's like, yeah, actually, you're right. I probably wouldn't. I had a male client the other day who called me. And it was so funny because he, he was such a smart guy. He was a creator archetype, which is like the, the brilliant one, the really intelligent guy, like the Einsteins, the Nikola Teslas. Um, and he was very smart. And he said, well, I always thought I was a ruler, but then you did a video on the creator and the shadow is the man who lives at home with his mom and doesn't leave the mom's basement and doesn't have the confidence to go out there and do things. And he's like, that's where I'm at in my life. I'm living with my parents and dropped out of college and not a ruler at all. Right. He's more of a creator, but once he kind of discovered his archetype and who he is, he then realized, Oh, that's why my last relationships didn't work because I was choosing girl lovers and girl lovers and creators are both feminine energies. They don't go well together. He needs a queen. And he had met a girl who was like in college for gender studies. So, you know, she's definitely a queen mm -hmm. and uh, he was very drawn to her. And I said, yeah, that's, that's a woman that would be good for you because the queen helps to support the creator. He needs the creator and the manager need a woman to become successful. The ruler and the entrepreneur don't need a woman. So that's kind of the difference. Mm, interesting. <laughs> don't you think though, that like, so women like say, uh, what was it? It's, it's, it's a queen archetype, right? Queen mm -hmm. archetype. Um, they get a guy that's uh, say a creator and that, that might go well for a while, but I mean, she still wants a guy that's sort of dominant though. Right. I mean, a, a lot of the yeah, times. So and, and so that I feel like that only lasts for so long before she's yeah, like, so Oh, I'm tired of you. You're, you're a wuss ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This does tend to happen where, you know, the creator is more timid in the bedroom. He's not a take charge kind of guy. He's not going to dominate you and he's not going to initiate sex. A lot of the times, of course, you know, case by case, you can meet guys that are like that, but yeah, they're, they're the least aggressive in that way. And then she wants a guy that's going to like take charge. So uh, there was this story of um, the woman that I studied with, Natalia Kolbikina. She was saying that she had a client who came in, a husband and wife, and the wife was like, I just want him to like, fuck me, you know? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just, you know, <laughs> like, so he finally did it. He came back and he was like, yeah, you know, like I finally like, did I'm a it. real man. Few, yeah. Yeah. But then a few <laughs> months later, they, they couldn't make it work. But I have seen 
I do know somebody who's a queen and she's with a creator. He's a really uh, amazing musician. He toured with Michael Jackson, a lot of different people. And um, she helps to book his tours because the queen has to help him to be successful. So she books his tours. She negotiates his price. She mingles with people to get him more work. Um, she is a real estate person. So she makes the money and she loves and adores him because he like praises her, but she was in a really abusive relationship with a ruler prior to him. So she likes his sensitive nature. She likes how empathetic and loving because the creator is very loving and doting. He like praises his woman. She likes that. So she doesn't want a dominant man because she dealt with that before and it like traumatized her. So she's been married to him for like 15 years, you know, mm -hmm. so it can work. Um, but it's not the most common relationship that works, as you mentioned. Okay. Interesting. So you also have done a lot of videos where you explain um, different archetypes that like celebrities are. Mm -hmm. And now, now based purely on videos that you've seen from me on TikTok, what archetype am I? I've been trying to figure that out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like to keep people um, guessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to tell. What do you, you work in technology, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been and doing that do you, for about 17 years now. And what do you do exactly? Are you in sales or? No, I, uh, I work in networking and network security. Okay. Um, so is that more of like a protective role? Like, uh, yeah, it, it is for the company. Yeah. But that's not why I got into it. <laughs> I wasn't like, I want to protect companies. I, yeah, know. yeah. But it, I did, I fell into it because I thought, uh, I thought it'd be cool. I thought it'd be more like, uh, like the movie hackers or something, you know, it totally isn't. It's way more boring than that. But <laughs> do you, um, do you like sports? Um, <laughs> I like pro wrestling. That's the, pretty much the only sport I like. I like, I like odd sports. So like pro wrestling, I like, you know, strongman competitions, you know, like world's strongest man, stuff like that. Uh, okay. I, I can watch football. I could, I like live, live uh, baseball games, but I, I otherwise don't follow it, you know, on TV. Do you like to travel? I do. Yeah. Do you like to go like skydiving? Do you like to go like, if you could go on like an adventure through like the Amazon and it's kind of dangerous, but exciting. Like, would you like to do that? No on the skydiving, but yes, on the Amazon adventure, that would be fun. Do you feel like you're like a thrill seeker? Like you like adrenaline rushes? Not particularly, <laughs> but I do like, you know, uh, I do like roughing it, you know? So like the idea of, you know, surviving in the jungle for like a week or so does, does sound appealing to me. Do you like your freedom? Uh-huh. A hundred percent. You're probably an entrepreneur archetype. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the masculine archetypes. Um, yeah. Masculine. And Do you hear he, that, guys? Uh... Masculine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really strike me as a ruler. Rulers are more calculated. They're quiet. They don't really use social media. Uh -huh. um, they can be somebody in a role similar to yours, like police officers are rulers or military men can be rulers. 
uh, finance guys, politicians can be obviously rulers because they want to rule the world, but um, they're more private about their life. Uh, They tend to not use social media. They like to watch the news. They're more serious. Yeah. Um, boring yeah, I, sometimes. I, I, uh, well, I was in the military and when I got, oh. when I got out, I originally wanted to be a police officer. And so I got my first job out of the military was uh, private security. So I did private security for a while. And I just realized that I hated telling people what to do. You know, like mm. I, I was kicking homeless people off of properties and mm. telling kids they couldn't skateboard and stupid Aww. stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, I'd be the worst cop in the world because I, you know, someone would be speeding and I'd have to pull them over and be like, ah, you shouldn't yeah. be speeding, you know? Yeah. Like, so. so you're, you're probably an entrepreneur then because rulers okay. like the control, you know? Yeah. I, I much rather like if people aren't bothering me, like, I don't care what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So let me ask you this. Uh, what's the biggest struggle that your clients are having, do you think? Like if what's it like, is there a common thread? With women? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I feel like women complain the most that they can't find masculine men. Mm-hmm. They can't find men that take charge. Um mm-hmm. or, you know, men that want to go like 50-50. And I mean, I know you have your own stance on that, but I feel like, Oh, I woman, don't, I don't think like, like when it comes to a, like a date, I think men should pay hundred percent. Okay. That's so about, yeah, they, for, like for me, that's, that's taking, that's setting the tone and taking the lead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of guys don't want to do that because they don't want to feel used per se. Right. Well, they're, so they're dumb. they're dumb. And then, <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it just doesn't, um, you know, it just doesn't, it's not attractive for a woman to have to do the 50, 50 thing. Cause she doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a woman wants to feel like desired by a man. If you can make a woman, like my partner writes me love letters. Like, I mean, some people might call him like a simp to it. I mean, but I love him. I adore him. I'm obsessed with him, you know, but he, mm-hmm. he treats me like a queen. So because he treats me so well, I like love him so much. I'm so grateful that I have a man that is so, he's so kind. He's never yeah. raised his voice at me. He's, never mean, you know, he always calls me highness Alexi or uh, beloved empress Alexi. This is just how he is, you know? And like some men would think like, that's, I don't know about that, but yeah. I love it, you know? And because he treats me that way, it makes me like love him more. Whereas like a lot of men have this idea that the meaner you are to a woman, the more she'll love you. And some women, if they're kind of fucked up, like that probably is true. Well, I think, uh, I think, a men's problem really is that they, they pour that kind of stuff on like way early. Like mm. they just meet a chick on a dating app. They text back and forth like five times. They haven't even met in person and they're already laying it on thick. You know, it's like, man, she doesn't even know you yet. You don't even know her yet. That is going to freak her out, you know, but if you've been dating for a while, you know, sure. And if there's, and honestly, if she really likes you, it doesn't matter what you do anyway. She's this is so true. No, my partner laid it on thick with me. And, um, but you know, he, I know this sounds like kind of corny, but maybe not to you because you believe in this, but I prayed to God. I said, God, when the right man comes along, I want him to, I want to meet him by my birthday. I want him to write me a poem and I want him to feel like 
I'm the person he's been looking for. I don't want to convince a man that I'm the one. I want him to convince me that he's the one, right? Um, I want him to chase me. And we met on my birthday. He wrote me a poem for my birthday. And he told me that I was the empress he'd always been looking for because his, his grandfather told him to never settle till you find your empress. And that was the name of my business. And I was kind of confused. And I wasn't on TikTok or anything. So it's not like he saw me on there. He doesn't use social media. So, um, you know, it's those things that kind of clicked for me that made me piqued my interest. Um, but he laid it on pretty thick. Um, but I was equally as interested. If a man, if I wasn't interested, I'd be like, Ooh, this is a little bit too much, mm-hmm. you know, but I liked him. So it's true. You, if a woman is into you, you can really kind of say anything. Women fall in love through their ears. Men fall in love with their eyes. Mm-hmm. So if a man can understand how to efficiently and effectively communicate with a woman, um, and like, you know, reach into her soul, I mean, you have her hooked kind of, right? Mm Because women aren't so much about looks um, as much as men are, I'd say. I think that's true, but looks are are still important. (laughs) You have to be attracted to the person. You know, you have to have chemistry. Chemistry is important. But chemistry is one of those things that like, is something that is unexplainable. It doesn't always, like I've met a lot of really handsome men and like no chemistry and I never date them, you know? Yeah. I think we're uh, guys who maybe aren't as uh, gifted in the looks department do better is meeting women organically, like in person, you know, almost like cold approaching or, or even just warm approaching, you know, just looking for any kind of signs of interest in, mm-hmm. in approaching because that shows confidence. Uh, whereas you, you don't have that on a, like a dating app, for instance. Yeah. And on a dating app, it's, it's almost purely your looks and how you open and stuff, you know, but yeah. Um, so I think I just have one more question here and then we'll wrap up. Cause we're almost at an sure. hour. Do you ever get your videos reported uh, by feminists? So I did have one. I, I saw your recent video that you had been reported. Yeah. I had one removed and it was so funny because it was a video about, um, how I, I started doing the content, helping women and how my audience changed from mostly women to men. Um, because I guess women didn't like what I was saying. And then I said, you know, men really want peace when they come home from work. They don't want drama. Uh, this is how you keep a man interested. Um, and it was totally like, and then I kind of said how women like don't take accountability or something. I said something and yeah. then they reported me and I got removed for hate speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they like, do. Yeah. I didn't say anything hateful. I just said that men like peace. You're you're gonna you're gonna have me reported for talking yeah. about peace did as you, hate speech. Did you appeal it? I did, and they they let it back on my page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um well my original TikTok account got banned permanently back in June. What? Yeah. Last year, it, it was the day after. So I had, uh, you, you know, Emily King, right? The slide in front of yeah. the mirror. I had her on. And uh, the very next day after I recorded that, I I got banned. And so I had to start all over again. Oh, my God. How many followers did you have? 30,000. Mm. And uh, we're almost back up there. Almost. It's taken this long, though, this time. So because I've also yeah. had to really like color within the lines. And, uh, and I've had, I, I occasionally will get them taken down like this. I get it. It's, it's f- not as frequent as my last account, but it happens 
this time it, it happened back to back. And I, and I, I just had so many in a row that I'm like, okay, I need to actually, you know, put my account on private mode mm-hmm. and not upload anything for two weeks so that I can let that time uh, stretch out yeah. between violations or else I'm going to get kicked out of the creator fund. Uh, you know, potentially they'll put me in a, in an upload ban or something like that. And I, I just can't let that happen, but it's, yeah. it's so bad. They, they just send armies of people after me uh, because I did a video on like, you know, basically when a woman says <laughs> we're not going to have sex tonight or whatever. Right. And I was like, well, that's, Oftentimes it's a shit test, you know, and I'm like, uh, you know, obviously if, if she's serious about it, like, okay, fine. You know, we're not, nothing's happening, but a lot of times it's almost like a dare. And I, <laughs> I liked your video where you said that women were like cats and like, they oh. kind of like, I forget what you said, but it was very clever. And I was like, that's actually like kind of true. And then it was funny because my sexologist I studied from did a post the next day talking about how women were like cats. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I never thought about that before. I I actually got that from, from Corey Wayne, uh, who I mentioned earlier. Okay. Yeah. His book has a whole chapter on how uh, women are like cats. Men are like dogs. But why are women like cats again? I forget what you said. Basically women are like cats because, um, like if you chase them, they'll run away. But if you ignore them, they sort of wonder why you're ignoring them. And so they come I up. I hate and, being ignored. Yeah. And so, it is such a pet peeve. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just stuff like that. You know, like you can't so, tell a cat what to do. You have to let them come and go as they please, you know. And, but I feel like that's more like a man, though. Why is a man like a dog? Oh, because men like because dogs they will come up to you and they immediately love you. Right. And guys will see a pretty girl and are immediately like, uh, you know, retarded about it. And that's pretty much <laughs> the analogy. Do you think that men are more loyal? No, I don't. Um, honestly, I, I think that the whole idea of like monogamy and, uh, courting for dating and stuff like that. I mean, that just hasn't been in, in humans history very long, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a couple hundred years. And if, if you look in like Eastern countries, it's still not, we're, they're still not even there yet. There's, they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, arranged marriages and harems and stuff still. It's so it's just not what we've evolved to do. We're just sort of like over the last, you know, few hundred, few centuries maybe have, uh, tried it out. <laughs> so it's just not easy for humans to, to get right. I think. Mm. I think some people can do it easier than others. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. I think some people aren't wired for it. Um, I think some are, I guess it just depends. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I prefer it. Like I prefer like being with one person um, if I'm dating and I'm not exclusive with anybody, I, I have learned that dating multiple people is way easier. Mm. But once like I'm exclusive, like, you know, that it's just easier for me. What are some tips to like h- how to behave with a man to keep him loyal? I mean, I know you can't make a man be loyal, but like, what are some things you can do to like, you know, at least help the situation? Is it really just by giving him consistent sex or like, what do you think? I think uh, I, I, all guys are different, but um, I think consistent sex, but 
but uh, like genuine desire sex, right? Like mm-hmm. not just doing it because, well, it's Tuesday and sex day. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, that, that kind of stuff gets boring. Um, I think like one thing that my girlfriend is really good at is she just is a very uh, serving person. Mm. So she doesn't like me to get up to get anything. You know, she's like, Oh, let me get, let me get that cup for you. Let me, Mm -hmm. let me take your, your dishes. Let me, you know, let me serve you food and stuff like that. And I've, I've had to learn to just let her do it. You know, I'm very much like that as well. I don't know if it's because like I grew up in the South traditionally, but you know, someone, women would say that behaving that way is like a doormat. Do you think that men lose desire for a woman who serves him? No, no. I don't think so. I think, I, I think uh, men sort of want that. And men mm-hmm. have been taught not to let women do that. You know, like the, my whole life, I, I was always like the nice guy, like, oh no, let me do that, honey. Oh no, let me cook you dinner. And, oh, stuff. Interesting. and I've, huh. really, I, I've learned that uh, a lot of women want to do that. They want to do nice things for their men and men should just let them do it. And then everybody's happier. Yeah. I was kind of raised to like, I guess, be that way for my grandmother. But I know with my dad, like whenever I ask my dad what he wants for his birthday or something, he'll be like, I'm the dad. I'm supposed to buy gifts. I'm not supposed to get gifts. You know, Uh he has that kind of mentality that like he's the provider, you know, in all ways, even with his wife. So like she makes money now and he like doesn't have her even help out, even though she could. He just thinks that he's the one that's supposed to do all the work. And I think it can be a little bit of a burden for men, you know, to have that much responsibility. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think people need to be realistic too, with the times, uh, you know, uh, I just finished, uh, Rolo Tomasi's latest book, uh, called religion. And he says like, tr- he says, uh, traditional conservatives, they want a time machine. They don't want a red pill. You know, they want to go back to the old ways and that's, you can't, you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, you know? So it's like, well, how do we move, move forward in, in modern society and modern society, you know, with prices going up and stuff like that, it's hard for, you know, a man to provide for a, a household, and not have his wife work as well, you know, for a lot of people in America. Yeah. So. I just, I just did a video on this and I got a lot of heat for it. This guy was saying that men should pay the mortgage. And, you know, I, cause I see, I don't know. I grew up very traditionally, all the men provide, that's just how I was raised. Um, mm-hmm. So I do understand that inflation is crazy and the cost of living is so high. And um, as you know, when you're in the military, you learn discipline. My dad was in the air force so he's very responsible about his money. He's an airline pilot. Now he makes good money, but, um, he saves and he knows how to reinvest. So that's how he was able to kind of, you know, pay for our college and pay for everything. But, um, you know, some of these hypergamy coaches, feminine coaches who tell women like only date wealthy men. It's like, there's not a lot of wealthy men out there. So, mm-hmm you know, what are you going to do when, I mean, a, a lot of wealthy men are cheap. A lot of wealthy men don't have great character. Like, are you going to sacrifice that for money? Right. So, um, and then they say, don't build with a man. And I have seen actually more so than not, I get a lot of queen archetypes who come to me with managers and managers will use a woman financially. And I've seen it so many times women get taken advantage of financially by men. I mean, it's super common. 
um, nowadays, more so than the other way around from what I've seen. But then, you know, you see these women that kind of like give men all this money or pay the mortgage or like, let's say a woman does 50, 50 with a man on a mortgage. She's spending all this money to help him with a mortgage. And then let's say he gets really successful, leaves her for a younger woman. And now she's helped him pay off the house and she has nothing. Right. So there's ways that I guess both genders can get kind of screwed and yeah. this, but, um, yeah, like, I really like how I, uh, I was married and I, I, I was the, the sole breadwinner and she didn't work at all. And then, uh, you know, she got half the house money and she didn't even pay for it, you know? And then I had to pay yeah, her I'm sure that's... alimony for years. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's a difficult pill to swallow. My yeah. somebody in my family, he's not blood related to me, but he's, um, he married into our family. He came from money and he'd been married like three times and he's paying off two alimonies from two wow. wives, you know, supporting the person he married in my family, you know, <laughs> and he, I mean, I don't want to give too much information, but, um, he never mind. I don't want to give too much information about it, but he yeah. ended up like having to get a second job, um, yeah. delivering pizzas on the weekend, even though he had a, like, he owned his own like medical practice, you know, That's but we nuts, kind of were, yeah. yeah, but we were kind of thinking like he was doing it to kind of get away from his wife because they weren't getting along. But, um, but you know, cause he's spending all this money on, the alimony from the two women. So I, I understand, you know, where yeah. men are coming from. Um, but um, yeah, the, the, kinda... the family, the family court system is, is pretty messed up and it does leave men in really bad shape like that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Cause it's not women a good proposition get... anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only time it can favor a woman and I've done a video on this is if you're dealing with a ruler archetype man who has a lot of money and power he can pay to keep you in court over and over and over again. And he can pay off people. I had a, a client of mine who was with a ruler archetype man, and he just kept taking her to court for custody of their kid. Finally won the custody because he wanted, not because he wanted to raise the kid, but he wanted to make her suffer. Um, he did a bunch of other horrible things yeah. like, you know, just awful, you know, but that's kind of like more of a rarity that you find, but it can happen if you're with one of these like power hungry men, they can really ruin your life and they have the money to, because they can keep you the woman married to the creator, the musician, she was married to a ruler who did the same thing. He took her to court over and over again to get custody of their children. And then he has full control over their kids and doesn't let them travel to see her, you know, it's just a big nightmare, but you know, like you'd mentioned more often it favors the woman and then she has control and can manipulate and yeah. say bad things about the man. And then, you know, creates all kinds of problems. It's, it's rough. It's, it's like, uh, at least my, my ex-wife and I get along pretty well. Um, so thankfully, and, and, and our split wasn't as bad as some of the people I've, I've encountered, uh, doing the, the podcast, <laughs> But I just, I just can't, I just can't fathom why people like to stick it to each other so bad. It's like, you know what? Why don't you just move on? Just, just move on. But yeah. They can't, they can't. It's, it's so sad. Yeah. It can be difficult when you feel like you've been duped or cheated on, right? Like for me, I don't have many deal breakers, but loyalty and fidelity for me is something that I just could not forgive. You oh, know, my partner yeah. knows that. Yeah. But some women, like my grandma, she didn't care. She's like, I don't care if your grandpa cheats, you know, <laughs> some women don't have that in them, but me, I'm too, I'm too possessive. Yeah. I, 
a lot of women don't really mind as long as they don't know about it. They're like, they don't mind. Yeah. Oh God. To me, it's like, it's like a stab in the heart. You know, I just, it's a big sore spot for me, but I have karma in my family of infidelity on my mom's side. The women cheated on my dad's side. Well, my dad never cheated, but my grandfather was a womanizer. Mm. So I guess like in my family, karma lineage, you know, infidelity is kind of a, a common thread on both ends. So it's something that I've had to deal with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we're a little over an hour here. So uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Where can, where can people find you online, Alexi? So I have a TikTok called the Empress Collective. I just started a YouTube, but I haven't uploaded anything. Um, You can find the link on my bio on my TikTok. I couldn't do a URL thing because I'm not verified yet, but, um, but yeah, or you can find me on my website at alexiturner.com. All right. Yeah. This was a really fun conversation. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yes. Thank you for having me, Paul. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Sounds good. Alexi, thanks again for joining me. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, That was a really interesting conversation. I never realized that I was the entrepreneur archetype. (laughs) All right, guys. I hope you got something out of it. Alexi's a good, good chick. Follow her on TikTok. She makes some pretty good, compelling videos. That's all I have this week, guys. We'll see you next week on Monday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.